Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie. This is the podcast that'll yeet you through a window. Damn, can you believe you're all about to get fucking yeeted? It's time to yeet. <laughs> time to yeet it. Time to open up the window and just climb on through for maximum <sighs> podcasts. Delete this whole section. Uh, this is no. the Emo Social Club podcast, a podcast about emo music, pop punk music, probably a lot of other genres of music. New metal. New metal. Not? I don't know what. Yeah, it comes up a lot. Scott Stapp. Scott Stapp. This is a Scott Stapp appreciation podcast. You know, you got to you got to stay with your man through the hard times, too. That's all I'm saying. Uh, this episode has a return guest. Our, our second time talking to Tyson of Crooked Teeth. Yeah, we like to have our return guests on or alumni. Alumnus. Yeah. ESC alumni. We are uh we are accepting applications for any alumni. We've had a few. We've had a few return guests on the pod, which has been excellent. Uh we are going to start sending them though some requests for uh financials, like as as your college would do. You know, hey, yeah. if you want to donate to uh to the Emo Social Club for being on it so many times, we are We're we are open. reaching out. We are not doing that. We're not going to do that. Maybe we'll like make patches or like a nice pin. That's just our ESC alumni. (laughs) I think that'd be fun. I think we're going to start a Patreon. We are. We are one of the only podcasts that doesn't have a Patreon for some reason. So. Because we're silly. Because we don't like. Money anyway. um, (laughs) Instead of money, instead of providing us any monetary earnings, why don't you uh, give us five stars? That's free. That's yeah, five whole stars and a and a written rating, a written, like a written review a written on review. like Apple Music. If you if you heard us say that though, and you want to send us five bucks, I'm sure you can figure out a way to do. It. Yeah, <laughs> like you can go on our. <laughs> yeah, you could do that. Um, there's there's ways. We're fine send with the five to, stars. Send send it to Brian because I always feel weird accepting yeah. tip money outside of being a breeze. Uh, Lizzie's so Venmo Brian. is in the the show notes, so please check those out and send Damn, Lizzie a crazy. Venmo. Uh, or request. just send me send me a request to send you back two dollars because I didn't play your song. <laughs> uh, if you are if you if you are you're already done with that five stars, you're looking for more free things you can do for us. You can follow us on uh, your social media application of choice. Uh, we are on the Instagram at emo social club and we are on the Twitter and the TikTok at X emo social club X. And, you know, you got content over there. That's yeah, free content. There's stuff that goes up on there. Like sometimes we'll talk to you too. Yeah. That's cool. It's free business over there. You can, uh, you can also check out our YouTube channel. All these podcasts are, are posted as videos. We've got other videos up over there. Uh, you should check those out. We we're, we're making content. Dude, we're here. Free content is crazy. Don't and even have can, to send us $5. You can, yeah. You can digest this content any way you want. Yeah. Digest it. Consume the content. <laughs> Make sure you consume. Anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, let's just go ahead and get to the episode. Uh, yeah, this is our episode. The return of Crooked Teeth. I am 
recording. Welcome to the Emo Social Club podcast, broadcasting to you live from EmoSocialClub.tv. I am Brian. And I'm Lizzie, and we're here this evening with a return guest, Tyson of Crooked Teeth. Thank you so much for coming back on the pod. Alumni. That's me. That's me. I've never been able to say that. Everyone gets high school. Yeah. Yes, the alumni. I'm always want to say that. You're like the kid that goes back to to college and like hangs out with all the freshmen and you're like, Yeah, I remember when I went here. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the Van Wilder effect. Yeah. Remember that movie? Oh. Too well. Way too well. Oh no, Brian! It's crazy. That shit was crazy. That is, yeah. Let's not talk about. That. I mean, look, that's a hell of my generation. That is like exactly my age growing up. Like I was, I was like going into college when that movie came out, and the soundtrack on that. You can't get at me with that. A lot of Sugar Cult. Some forty one was on there. It's a good soundtrack. It was definitely like right up there with the American Pie and Not Another Teen Movie. Mm-hmm. Harold and Kumar. Anything? Mm-hmm. It's cool. Yeah. Uh. Tell tell the people, remind the people, let the people remember you. Uh, remind us about Crooked Teeth and yourself and uh, and what you do in it and who the, the people who couldn't uh, be here on the interview with us are in your band and all that all that good stuff. All right. Well, no pressure. Um, <laughs> I'm Tyson. That's my name. Uh, I play guitar and sing and um, I write songs in Crooked Teeth. Uh, with my friends Emma and Jason, who are not here, and um, we've been working on a record, and we got a song called Drink Bleach coming out tonight. Really excited about it, and um, yeah, I'm really bad at this. This is uh, <laughs> this is the hardest part of the interview. I'm just here for the goops, man. I'm here. For the- <laughs> Can we just get there? That's gonna that's gonna be the title of this episode. I'm just here for the goops. Yeah, <laughs> the good. Goof crew, did it? Goof crew. Goof troop. Oh, damn. Goof troop. Oh, Brian. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's another one. Cheese <laughs> whiz, dude. Brian sent me, like, um, a, a clip stream, a YouTube stream of Goopy dying. Yes, I did. Dying in uh, Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> the other thing. Yes, I did. I clipped that yeah. myself, too. I went I'm in. so proud of you. That's what I was looking. I'm like, did he do this on yes. his own in YouTube? <laughs> Kingdom Hearts is so seen adjacent. It's crazy. It, it, it kind of is. We've talked about it way too often on this podcast. So See, we're going to do it again. Didn't even know that. Yeah. Already, yeah. We talk about it a lot because, like, I I played it uh, I played it on stream, but, like, in, like, 2018. Like, not recently. Like, I played a little bit of Kingdom Hearts 3. I was like, guys, I think this game sucks. I'm not playing it anymore. And then I said, I have to finish it. I just have to do it. I went back to Kingdom Hearts 1. I said, oh man, was my childhood an absolute lie? Like, was this game just like not good? And it's fine. Is it great? No, but it's okay. So there was a reminder in this video that at one point Goofy dies, just straight up dies. And then they like play it off. And they're like, oh my God, I missed him. And then he just stands up. He's like, and you're like, Ah, fuck. But, like, this this edit did a little bit with, like, uh, basically, like, he dies, and then it goes into, like, British people mourning the loss of the queen. So they, like, superimposed it with, like, video from that. And I was like, that's too fucking good. That's just a really good bit. Goofy is, like, the Disney, the OG Disney, uh, like, Jar Jar B. You know what I mean? <laughs> huh. Yeah. He collected all the, like, just... 
Shut the fuck up. Like, shut up. Bye. Well, that's how Brian feels about Donald Duck, though. Yeah. Similar. Similar energy. Donald Duck is similar energy. I don't know. It might be Donald Duck, actually. Goofy might be more forgivable. It's He does have a kid. Okay. Well, wow. Yeah. <laughs> he is a dad. I mean. Yeah. He had, you have to weaponize your kid for good at some point. Now, keep in mind right? that there's like, there's like a very... Not like God, then. That's a... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> well, I've given my oldest son to die for a world since. <laughs> Good. Oh, man. Oh, and just now we get canceled, actually. I. No, it's okay. No. It's, hey, it's historical. It's fine. That's not. Yeah. This is the Disney story. Don't can we God damn. Yeah, that... Listen, how do we know that Walt Disney just didn't go back in time and write everything? Come on. Like, it's, it's uncoded. He was an anti-Semite, so true. Be shocked, I think. True. Um. Anyways, not good. Not good stuff there. <laughs> no more Walt Disney. He needs no more attention. I mean, yeah, they, they don't have enough money over there at Disney. Anyway, you gotta. I I know you. Anyway. You said you can't talk too much about the new song, but it feels like a natural transition. Oh no, 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 yeah. oh, no, no. Let's just talk about. All right, let's talk about the new yeah, song. That's crazy. Look at let's that. Let's just talk about it. You know, well, drink bleach. It's crazy. Bleed. Yeah. We're bringing it back. What from... would have told some people? <laughs> yeah. We're bringing it back from Goofy dying. We're bringing it back from our conversation about Walt Disney. Let's just get into your music. Anyway, uh, Drink Bleach. <laughs> it's what Brian wants to say to Donald Duck whenever he's on screen. So why? It's <laughs> the title name. Tell us more about it. Um, Man, I actually, I remember like the night it was Emma and I, so Emma lives in LA, I, I live in San Francisco, um, but throughout like the duration of writing this record since probably like November, um, a lot of it, it has like any other band, this is not super original or unique, but it's existed between like a lot of voice memos back and forth and Emma will record a demo and send it over to me and... Or like, we'll just FaceTime and just be hanging out and drinking beer over FaceTime. And she'll be like, isn't this cool? <laughs> and she just had the line, uh, I'd rather drink bleach than be your friend. And then I don't know why it came like this. I felt some conviction, but I was like, okay, I'm like, hear me out. Like, if you don't feel comfortable singing this, it's totally cool. But it'd maybe be more appropriate for you to take ownership over this work than, you know, me, a cis man. But I was like... Uh, it was, I was like, what if it said, uh, I'd rather be a bitch than play pretend. Um, uh, just this, like, I'd rather be a bitch, you know, like, uh, not, not so much like yours proclaimed, but it's just kind of like, okay, like, you know, and ultimately for, for Emma, not to speak too much on her behalf, but the subject matter ended up just kind of being, um, based around which it's it's kind of interesting because i guess it's not like all of that gender specific in this way but like both of our moms always used to do this thing where they'd like and i didn't know this until we started talking about the song lyrics and how we we're packing this but like um we kind of have this like uncomfortable I, I guess i'd call it a trauma of like people just being like why don't you smile more or, like what's wrong with you or like you know what, whatever and i think for emma like specifically you know she she's said this a few times but like this kind of like almost like resting bitch face thing where people just think you're fucking mad at the world but like i kind of get it too you know in a, in a different sense and like that's actually not the case but i got so sick my mom would just like harass me about it all the time like why aren't you smiling you know like and it, it didn't help that i liked you know emo music and things you know 
um, really polarizing music for her. Um, but it, we, we just got on this topic of like, just kind of not owing anyone anything. And, and this, this thought of like, um, there was also like, you know, I mean, I could speak specifically for me and the top of the song, cause we did end up like writing the lyrics together on it. Um, I think it, it, it has, it holds much, uh, a much more powerful place for Emma in the subject of like feminism. Um, but for me, it was a lot of like on the con, not on the contrary, but like, I would always, I was kind of the kid that would get like bullied by my like more masculine friends growing up, like for liking certain bands or, you know, um, maybe just not being like, I was on a jock that was not really like, I, I was definitely not super masculine presenting growing up. And I think I'd always get that, oh, you're a bitch. You're like, oh, you know, like that's gay or whatever, you know, like, so I, I think like this song for us is like together. I mean, what I can say that it means to me is it's just kind of about not take shit from like bullies and people in your life who, um, I don't know. I mean, just kind of getting picked on and just being like, I'd rather be authentic to myself and you consider that, you know, me being a bitch or whatever and fake it and have to pretend I want to be your friend. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of, that's kind of the moral of it at the end of the day. It's just about like self dignity and, um, not letting people, I don't know, fuck with you. And I know it's, you know, I hope it's like empowering for people because it's like, I'd rather drink bleach than be your friend. It's a pretty harsh thing to say. <laughs> I would never drink bleach. I'm thinking of an episode of, it's either, I think it's like an episode of 30 Rock when I watched when I was a little kid where one of the characters was literally drinking Clorox. And I was like, you're like, hello, Dustin. <laughs> That's literally dangerous. Also, like, dude, there's like an episode of, I don't know if it's true life. It's like one of those shows, like reality shows where people just do like locked up weird, like have weird habits. And it was like someone who would literally drink bleach. Uh, I think that's my strange addiction. Not totally born out of nowhere. Uh, yeah, it's my strange addiction. That's what it is. Yeah, because I was thinking about that. And then I was like, mac and cheese, which those two are totally off. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, I only eat mac and cheese. I drink bleach. Okay, now let's say. Only eat mac and this cheese. Is... It's, only, it's only Velveeta. Only Velveeta, which is disgusting. It's like at least fake crap. Or Annie's mac. I don't know if Annie's mac and cheese was around back then, but I'm like, something else. <laughs> Not for this person. Not no, I, rem I remember watching that. I was like, how are you, like, alive? Because, like, there's no nutrition in it. And, like, they were, like, trying to sneak food into, like, this 20-something-year-old man's food. And he's like, mm, I know that there's, like, vegetables in here. And I'm like... Ew. Yeah. Well, anyway, someone on there liked drinking bleach. Uh, but this song is actually for them. <laughs> Just for call them up. Uh, <laughs> An audience of yeah. one for this song. <laughs> Assuming that they're in a stable, healthy condition, right <laughs> the song is for you. Hopefully, all that bleach has not impacted your hearing. Oh, um, <laughs> well, listen, that <laughs> hard to say. It's really hard to say. But this song, yeah, love this song though. I think, like in terms of musically, um, when Emma sent me the riff originally, like the the, the intro to it, I for some reason thought this obviously, but um. It was like this kind of like kind of reminded me of like Pretty Handsome Awkward and also like um, a song on their last record called Blow Me. And uh, I was like, oh man, this is like, this song has to be intense. You know what I mean? Like this, uh, it just needed, I don't know. I think the, the message and the lyrics needed to match the energy. Uh, 
that's one thing I really like. I mean, there's also like in the bridge, like there's a little guitar part that reminds me of like the 1975, which is such a weird spot to be in this song. There's, you know, obviously nods to Blink. Uh, I think it's just like, this one's a really cool one because released two singles this year. One of them, Land Side, is maybe a little more on the pop punk thing, you know, on that side of thing. And Loser was much more this kind of like, sort of a new metal energy. Uh, um, <laughs> instead of bring like the two of them together, you know, it's like, it, and this one doesn't have any new, but the riff is, is fat, you know, <laughs> like a fat, fat rock riff. I don't know, guys, I'm trying here, yeah. but I really mean everything I'm saying. No, like, and I, the buzzwords. Yeah, I think the big thing is, is like, obviously, we've been buzzwords. Buzzwords. Buzzword. <laughs> we know like new middle's been on the rise. Not I think, I think it's just so funny that like so many people just recently like publications are like did you know new metal's coming back listen to these bands that also sound new metal you're like where have you been for the last six months bestie <laughs> yeah it's like static static x yeah oh god yeah oh that that festival's good anyways let's not get on a tangent with you guys we're here to talk about us okay yeah so, so um what's your favorite i mean what's your favorite new metal band no that's that's not about you uh, <laughs> uh, um, when are you, when are you going to drop the new metal banger that gets on, uh, Sears at some point? Yeah, that's a good question. Specifically new metal? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Okay. Think about it. <laughs> How much more time we have in this interview? By the end of it, I'll come hey, in. We're willing to stay on the interview until you answer it. So. Yeah. Could be. Like, why don't you just call just their just <laughs> call their PD up and say drop this right? <laughs> ring ring, we gotta drop the single. <laughs> uh, when we well, anyways, when we first talked, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but you were the one who was mainly writing for Crooked Team, and so now it sounds like you've got like your your three core people in the band with you now. And so it sounds like you're also writing with like those two as well. So how has like that process changed from like writing uh, as a solo person and then writing with these uh, these two new members you got? That's actually a great question. I think uh, um, writing by myself was like I think like that just comes naturally. Like I I wasn't ever really worried about there being like other writers in the project um, ever since like I had started it in 2017 or so. I was always the writer anyways. I was fine with that. And not in like in some arrogant way, just that's what I did. That's what I do. The thing that was like r really cool about like this current situation is that uh, when Emma and Jason joined the band, like it was, I mean, I remember playing our first show in Fresno. This must've been like September, 2021. Must've played like 50 people. And we were just driving back to LA. Jason had flown all the way, you know, from DC for this, for this show. <laughs> Um, Emma happened to be out here, but like they, they really took, like, I mean, from my perspective, they took a risk. It's like, this is still a band that we're growing and going to constantly be doing that, um, working really hard. And I was already on that path, you know, by myself, but to have two people come in and, and I remember on the drive home, I was like, guys, like, I totally understand if like, this is going to be a lot of work and not really, you know, worth it. And they were just like, no, nah, we're, we're fucking like, let's go. <laughs> and we spent like another year straight just working so hard and it had just clicked so many times in my brain like on every drive we do together you know between those on tours just like 
holy fuck like i was supposed to meet these you know what I, you know when you just like connect with someone like later in your life you're like where am you like where did it? you know um and we just like just i i think like on like i said like on every drive we were doing the records we were playing like you know the songs like emma would be playing the jason would be playing i'd be playing we'd be like dude like we were just meant to we were just meant to to meet and we were meant to to be together and i think as far as like how it impact, impacts writing i was just excited i could just tell like emma was a writer and she was so bashful about it like when she moved to la like i don't even think she initially that was like in her like the you know i don't want to speak for her but like i don't think that's she was just like i'm just gonna play for bands i'm just gonna be like a, a hired gun and, and do that and figure it out and just, I, she was just sending me these demos for fun and i was like dude this shit fucks like what the hell you know and like this is awesome like we it, we were so compatible and just what we even what we were sending back and forth um and it just there wasn't much hesitation like there hasn't been much hesitation in this being vulnerable and sharing what you know we're doing with each other jason is such the thing about jason too is like he's such a um first of all he's hilarious he's one of the sweetest people i know um but he is also such a humble and incredible drummer and it's really phone tricks and shit and i think people think like that's like a cocky thing but when you meet him he's like the most humble dude but then when he goes to record like every single person like that's been a part of this record and mixing and it's like where the fuck has that where did he come from <laughs> this guy is insane like every person we said this like the drum the feedback on the drums has been and that's always been a goal of mine with this project and just with playing music like i want to write music with people who compliment like what i'm thinking you know in my head and, and jason and i are huge blink fans like but but we're beyond that jason also he's into so so many other um like just interesting rhythmic artists that it it, it comes to to the table in the studio and it, the thing is is like we don't record in the same studio so he came out to california for like a week and a half while we like emma and i wrote the songs with one, one of the producers and then jason would go back you know, he'd have an idea of what we did with these like program drums, but he'd go back and he'd just surprise us to where we'd be like, what the fuck? Like that was the most exciting part of the process was like hearing what he said. Um, so I, 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 you know, talk highly of Emma pretty often when we talk about songwriting because you know, we are, do the bulk of the guitar and the uh, lyrics and melody, but having Jason in the band and like, especially in 2023, like I think a lot of rock music, like there's been this <clears throat> almost like an, inadvertent like diluting of drums like of real drums and music um where it's just been more cost efficient and time efficient and whatnot to not really include like an actual drummer in the recording process and i mean speaking for cricket teeth it was like that for many releases because it was just convenient to work with a an engineer someone who's really good at that and um at replicating that and a lot of them are and a lot of artists do that and that's fine uh but to be able to work with a real like a drummer who is like going above and beyond to to bring that to the team like that's been a really special part of this process that i don't really i haven't really talked about much in like interviews stuff, but um i would say overall it's just positively impacted the writing process i mean we're now sitting up on speech and then i uh, you know and then i writing music and melody to where i just think we're kind of at this point I'm kind of like cocky way, but like, I think we're just unstoppable now. Like we're not going to stop writing songs and there's going to be twice the amount of songs now. 
um, which is crazy. And it's also so special to also have Emma as a vocalist because I think there's a there's a really um, neat thing that's coming to the table in terms of like the vocal dynamic and the, um, having both of us sing on the same song, having you know one of us will take lead on another one and still complimenting each other and just doing things very intentionally. Um, and, you know, there's been a lot of songs, too. I will say that, like, you know, we put out a song that has Maggie from Glimmers on it. Um, we have a song with our friend, Blossom Talker, um, quite a few other ones, like, that are coming as well with with women on it to where, like, that was the thing when I, the new inception of this band came out of COVID. I was like, I can't fake that. I don't want to just put, like, a track on every night of, the, you know, whoever that feature first. And that needs to be the element. And that's also just something. That I would, I think, need to represent and kind of foster here. So Emma is just like just seeing her like come into her as a vocalist and as a songer. It's been it's just been really cool to watch all three of us go together. It's been like one of the highlights of my whole life. On um, yeah, it's only been a positive impact. <laughs> the answer you're, you know, <laughs> shortly. It's been really awesome. So you're saying that you you've had you have all these other songs that you're working on or have written. So are we going to expect an album? Or an EP later on this year, then? I mean, there's definitely over a, a full length's worth of songs right now. Um, I think we're still independent, so we, in full vulnerability and transparency, like we've just been trying to figure out how to navigate the way the music industry is working right now, into like how people are digesting singles versus albums. Um, I think for a band like us, it makes sense to just like you know we're on this. Kind of like every 68 weeks, you're going to get a new song from us. That's guaranteed. That's never going to change. As far as how a whole collective piece comes together as a release, like we are still working really hard to try to figure that out. But um, to answer your question without going on a tangent, like there is, there are like multiple for an out. Yeah, but I can't, I can't really say how we're going to deliver this at the moment. Um, we've just been doing it song by song on it, gratifying. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> we were also talking about I mean we talk a lot about Bring Me the Horizon here anyway so we'll just bring it back on the actual recording side of it too we were talking about it before but uh, also when I when we talked to you before I remember it much more in like the pop punk vein and then when we saw you when you came through Chicago with uh, Glimmers uh, it was much more it kind of took me as like the sort of post grunge sound that some people got into which i i love that i grew up on grunge so like to hear bands that are doing anything like that now i'm like oh fuck yeah and doing it in like the the emo and pop punk sort of genre way as well um do you think that you're much like bring me the horizon this is kind of like a compliment i guess just in in general much like bring me the horizon yeah do you think you're like playing around with like genre too and like sort of figuring that out too like I think when many people think like I'm releasing an EP or I'm releasing an album, it's like, this is the sound that we're doing. And now opening it up and saying, I just want to write this genre. I want this to sound like this, or this has to have more of like a, a pop punk sound. This has to have more of that, that new metal sound. Like, are you thinking more in like how to, to show what Crooked Teeth is now? And, and obviously you've been around for a minute. So like you have a bunch of songs that sound different, I guess. Yeah, I mean, when you, when you touch on like the post grunge thing, I'm definitely Emma and I are definitely like one of Emma's favorite bands is Smashing Pumpkins too. You know, I, would, I don't know if I'd call them a grunge band per se, but like they're not. You know, like I think there, there's definitely we don't want to be shy about the things we're influenced by, but we want to be less um, on, on the nose about how we deliver it. If that makes sense, I mean, I think like 
there's a hyperpop song on her on our album. Okay. Like there's there's a song where we're like this. We could, you know, if we wrote five more of these, we could tour with Hunter Gex, you know, or underscores or something like that. <laughs> um, but we're gonna put it on our album. I literally was like, we should open the album with that because I want to distort the perception of what people think a band like needs to be. Mm-hmm. Like you can be influenced by so many fuck it. I mean, there's this this. I'll say there's songs that could be on Alt Nation. There are at this point, you know, there's country influence songs um which sounds silly it's crazy but like that is very much a part of emma and i's um uh bringing in music um there's just i think you look at like i look at an artist like people hate when i say this fuck i hate when i have to say this but i'll pivot to another artist really <laughs> no I know people love to hate hate him and he's not my favorite fucking artist like I don't really I'm not like a, I wouldn't say I'm like a fan that would buy tickets to go to his show like no no disrespect it's just you know I would rather listen to Blink or whatever um, but he's doing something I think that is important in music to continue happening like blending genres and just blurring the lines between them um, and like forcing listeners like even ones that might not deepen their their knowledge of music or like ex- be super explorative in genres like forcing people to like have to hear different elements of different music in one song or across one record i think is really important for like music to just keep laterally like growing you know in culture and there's an artist we really like right now across the board in our band um called hardy um and he's doing this really cool thing where like he's number one in country and he's number one in rock right now He's got the number one, one like, he's sitting in the top 10 on, on two different genres. And I'd be willing to bet that there's something on his record that he could do that in the pop world as well. So it's like, and I mean, Post, you know, Post Malone has done this. Like, there's plenty of artists, like, and he's crazy. And, you know, and someone, I referenced Bring Me the Horizon. I was like, well, Bring Me the Horizon can do, like, Bring Me the Horizon can have a song that could be on a few different like it could at least be on alternative rock and hard rock top charts um and no one really blinks an eye at it because they've been a band that's been around forever right but it's like the thing we keep hearing from you know people behind the scenes sometimes when we share the album is like pick a lane and we're like no like that's fucking dumb like i would rather start right now where we're like five or six years into this band existing um, forcing people to understand that like there's not going to just be one type of crooked tea song then getting 10 years down the line 15 years down the line when people have gotten really comfy in this one sound that we do and then they're polarized when we go to do something that doesn't quite sound like it you know and that was kind of like that's why i was like half jokingly to fm i was like let's put the hyperpop song first song on the album no one is going to expect people are going to be like wait what the fuck just happened and then it's gonna go into you know uh a pop punk song or or you know a heavier heavier kind of song so it's like i love that that is one of my favorite things in music is when people blur genre lines i think you know my even my favorite pop punk band and emo bands have been doing that i mean fallout boy's been doing that blink 22 has been doing that like plenty of artists have been blurring that line for a while um those are just a couple that are obviously close to home but like I think people should continue to do that. People should never be scared to just write whatever the fucking song you want. You know, doesn't matter. So that's how we feel about it. I think I could speak for all three of us on the band and saying that no one's gonna get mad at me. No one's gonna quit. <laughs> I think that's like such like a true thing though, because you see that coming out more, especially with like the music 
industry culture with like revolving around TikTok and everyone wanting like, oh, I heard this one song by this one artist. Oh, but then another song sounds completely different that went viral, but I like that too. I think it it's good to kind of like, I don't want to say move the goalposts, but move around the field a little bit with it. Because if anything, that's like a true like marksmanship of talent too. If you can say, oh, I can go from pop punk, I can go to like the alternative. I can go to like country and do active rock, um, which kind of sometimes falls into like butt rock a lot of times. So we're seeing a revival of that, which is great because I love that. Um, <laughs> but you see all these different like ways of like where it melds together. And it like it makes sense because if anything, we see artists like go through so many different eras and phases of their own career if they do stick along like long enough and we see them start to dabble in these things and because they're so spread out over the years people are like i don't like this what are you doing like um right. a day to remember they had they came back and they had that like really country sounding album and everyone's like yo yo like what what is this i mean i don't like it and then they came back with the, and then they had their other stuff <laughs> I would like to say about that. I know you're you're talking about your welcome, their last one. I think I think right. Oh yeah, the one with like the white backgrounds in the like the yeah. field. Yeah, yeah. They that's a band, for example, where I'm constantly just like when I see people go, it's almost like people were waiting for the album to drop so that they could half listen to it and then just start talking shit. It's like that album also had some absolute heaters, like heavy fucking songs with heavy breakdowns. And I'm just like, I just don't know that a lot of, that's what I'm saying. I think that like, the sooner you get people to just like, uh, like you just deconstruct that idea that like one band is supposed to sound one way, um, the sooner, like the less they're going to do that. I think like when I did remember started, like they were, they were, uh, an easy core metal core, whatever, you know, band. And so like you exist within that one ecosystem, right? And when you start like drifting out of that, even with that same style, um, I mean, everyone has, every artist wants to grow too. Not every artist wants to play the same. I mean, my favorite Blink album is the one they released before they broke up, the Cell Tile album. That sounds nothing like Take Off Your Pants and Jacket or or NM of the State or Dude Ranch. Like I would say Dude Ranch through Take Off Your Pants and Jacket, like all three of them sound like just skate punk you know like pop punk uh we love that we love it but to to like step out of your comfort zone and be like we just want to make something that we think is fucking cool mm -hmm. and that doesn't necessarily adhere to a status quo and i think the problem in this era like with bands like a day remember no you know this feels like i'm like doing a seminar but <laughs> i'm just saying like i i talk to we talk about this at the van all the time for taking the data remember like it's just like People want to write the song they want to write. I don't think anyone goes to the studio with them with the gun to their head. Like, no, there's not label execs sitting in there just like twisting their mustache. Like, oh, we need the uh, we need the all country song. We need the top forty. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe I don't, I don't know. I, maybe that exists, but I don't think with a rock band like an established rock band like that that that, that really exists. I think people just want to write the song they want to write, and and I think that's that. I really do think that there's integrity even in like making a pop something a pop song that's off the cusp of like your normal heavy music uh you know the trailer on like i and i i respect artists that do that a lot i think it's it's cool and it's brave because they gotta know that fans are just gonna say that shit you know but they're still selling tickets and they could still play the arena by my house and do just <laughs> yeah. so i think those guys, you know have been, like is it like just making music or making music but who am I, you know? I remember when I started a band, 
me, me and my guitarists were just huge AFI fans. Like that was our, like, we just love listening to AFI. And like when they did Sing the Sorrow and they did December Underground, they added a lot more synthesizer and a lot of people got yeah. really angry about it. They're like, this is a punk band. A great example. What the hell are these synths yeah. doing in here? And I said, okay, when we start this band, there's synths in it from minute one. <laughs> there's no question. Like yeah. they didn't add this. They're not doing new things. There's always synth in this band. That way there yeah. could never be this question of like, you're changing genre for for the for the effort of somebody else for for the the appreciation of a of an audience that that you were never really trying to be a part of or so they say i mean like obviously these are kids who grew up in the 80s so it's like you're old enough to like, like you grew up with synth music <laughs> the fact that you were doing punk is like yeah. just part of your personality and like i think exactly. gladly happily like i'm so happy this has changed because now people are like no, just do whatever in it because there is such a like meld of all of the genres together. There would never be an issue of like you sold out. You put uh, now I, maybe someone would be a little upset if they're like you put dubstep in this. What the fuck are you doing? <laughs> but I don't think they'd be like, oh wow, you're you're like selling out. You're putting dubstep in your music. It's like no, we've right. just we just do whatever we want. There's no question of who we are. We don't have to like present ourselves as somebody who was always this way or always like the other I'll, I'll i'll pick another example that may be a little bit more on like the songwriting end is maybe not that good but when uh ronnie radke decided to do rapping in his music and then said no i've always been into rap i'm like i grew up yeah. with this this is who i am and then he would put out like yeah, an yeah. awful song and you're like okay but maybe this isn't good though it doesn't add a it doesn't add a yeah <laughs> But like the song isn't good, you know. <laughs> uh, AFI was a great is a great example, and that's the thing too is like I love very proud of you and um, Black Sails and Sunset. I love all that stuff, but there's something so cool about the way they use those different elements on um, Sing the Sorrow and De uh, December Underground, and then like you know they even like going to Crash Love, they they just really honed in on that Smiths mm -hmm. um, that sound and like. I, I love that. I mean, like, I like that as a music listener because I'm like, oh, they're showing us like this is what they, this is what they really like, and they're they're still doing it in a you know with that like kind of overtone of like hardcore, mm -hmm. and I think it's fucking cool. I will always love AFI for for their creatives, uh, creative take. Really fucking cool band. December Underground is probably my favorite album because of how many different elements there. You could go from a song like Kill Caustic to the Killing Lights, or like you know like. Love Like Winter, like you can get every every type of AFI on that album and it's done to like, in my opinion, the best of its craft, like for them. So I get the haters, man. They just, they like literally- just, <laughs> The haters they, keep like, coming out. They keep coming. I mean, they got, everyone needs a place, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm hoping, I, there's a lot of hate on the internet. It's the internet. There's a lot of tweets about the stuff. There's a lot of tweeters, but like- yeah. I don't know if when you when when like I look back at like music of that era, music of like late nineties, early two thousands, like uh I'm listening to a podcast about No Doubt and people are like, Wow, you're just you're like sellouts. You used to be ska and now you're doing like pop rock on the radio. And it's like, yeah, they're not like we don't have this conversation about selling out anymore. Like everyone is kind of I think it's because everyone's right now is yeah no, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, I think that like everybody's kind of just, that's so funny because Rocksteady 
Yeah. I think it's just like everybody realizes that we're all trying to do our best. And so like trying to change something up is not that big a deal. And so the sellout conversation is like over now. There's other things that people are mad about, but at least they're not like, man, I can't believe like they sold out and they did Rocksteady and, and uh, Hella Good and all that. It's like, the song's kind of slap, man. Like, Yeah, they do slap. Honestly, my favorite thing is like voting. In, like, I swear, uh, uh, Hella Good is like every, whenever, like the festivals we played last year, I every single festival we would play, it, the front of house, like when in the morning, they were using... Uh, they were using hella good for like testing the bass because it goes that yeah. like it, it's a, it's such a bass heavy song like it's so <laughs> sick. I, I I remember getting uh, Bleed American and Rocksteady for my eleventh birthday. <laughs> so got a a, ra- a Razor scooter. Hell yeah, that's pretty. Was Damn, you were the coolest kid on the block. It sounds like <laughs> something like that. Yeah. Um. Anyways. <laughs> That is a specific core memory you have. Yeah. As long as you had your little portable CD player so you can blast it, yeah. like your little headphones while you're scooting along. Like, I have that. Yeah. I also have that. But, um, yeah. I don't know. That's, I just, I just love music, man. That's it. <laughs> oh, you did play, like, you say you play these festivals. And did you recently see the Blue Ridge Festival lineup that came out today that I'm waiting for all the fest deniers to come out about? Because, the lineup is absolutely insane. It's insane. Like, how are they? How is that? <laughs> Where to? A, a new addition to their lineup every single day. That I'm just like, wait, how? How did you hold off that long on announcing that? Like, how is that even? That is funny you bring that up because, uh, yeah, that's a that's a pretty stacked bill. I saw it. I'm like, don't make me go to Virginia. <laughs> I have exactly, and in Virginia, yeah. in Virginia of all places. I have thousands of questions for it in general. I want to know. I want to go specifically for the Scott Stapp pre-party. <laughs> the voice of Creed. I don't. <laughs> you know what's funny is recently I was actually in a studio session. I showed up early and it was in like a shared studio space. And I was just sitting on the couch by myself. And I, I think I was like the only one that was in like the... I guess lobby, you know, like the artist area where there's a fridge and all that stuff. And his dude was like knocking on the door. Like he, he like knocked once and I was like, ooh, I already felt weird being in this place. And I was like, eh, I don't know if I should answer that. <laughs> then he like kind of aggressively knocks again and I go and answer and it's fucking Scott Stat. And I was like, Stop! wow. I like didn't know what to say. I didn't even know what to do myself. I just sat, I was like, oh, hey, let's own Tyson. Like, not that it fucking matters. <laughs> sat myself back down on the couch and I was just like, I just like had a moment right there. It was just Scott Stapp like coming in from getting his DoorDash order. And uh, I was like, <laughs> I mean, Juna, I was like raised in a Christian home and for some reason, Creed was considered like a Christian rock band. I can see it. So like I that, it. that was like the first Christian, like my mom was like, yeah, they're like, I think you'll like it. It's like a rock band, but it's like, you know, it's like, it's like a Christian. <laughs> and uh, I'll never forget. I'll never forget getting that Jars of Clay or Human Clay. Mm-hmm. Human Clay. Yeah. Jars of Clay is a Christian band. Yeah. Human Clay. <laughs> oh no. Maybe that's why she bought them. <laughs> no. I, yeah. It was an accident. It was an accident. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that happened once. Silly little story. Look, I was a Snap Creed fan, so this is that was like my very like 
I'm a bit older than everybody, so like that was my childhood. Hey, it's fine. Listen, <laughs> you're fine here. Yeah, okay? we're safe here. You know, you just okay. So you had human clay when you were a kid. You're fine. You know, someone was like, "Can I take you higher?" And you were like, "Yes, please." You're like, and yeah, they were like, "What's that mean?" Yeah. And you're like, "Yes." Literally, as soon as possible. <laughs> I, I will speak. I will speak truth to power on this one. Creed. Yeah. The 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 first record, My Own Prison, and their second record, Human Clay, great, fantastic. Nickelback, their records, The State and Silver Side Up, great. We are we were blessed with that music at that time. You have no reason, no reason to talk shit about it now. Like we are we are we are denying actual facts of history to say those are not good records. <laughs> It's true. I also think it kind of goes back to our original conversation about like in that era, because your only real access to like music, like was the radio, MTV, or, you know, I guess we started to like get LimeWire and iTunes at some point. But like, I think it was because of how overplayed things were. I think people automatically associate like songs became so rooted in people's subconscious and, and conscious, I guess subconscious is better to say, but like they became so rooted in people's brain that they started hating things like they just associated it with it being stupid um and uh i think that's why people just wouldn't allow themselves to like things that we all knew were cool like creating nickelback and limp biscuit too you know don't forget limp oh yeah they're having a return they are oh, yeah. a resurgence in coolness i think yes. it's crazy that um, kenny hoopla's opening for limp biscuit on the uk tour i was like yo my boy fire <laughs> Fire. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Are, uh, aren't we trying to get you to open for Kenny Hoopla? Yeah. You know, it's so crazy. Wouldn't that be so crazy if it happened? That'd be really neat. That'd be really, that'd be really crazy, guys. <laughs> that'd be so crazy if that happened. Yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, I love Kenny Hoopla. He's, he's a fave for sure. Uh, I think our collective like favorite couple of shows that we ever played. Like he's just such a sweet dude, and there's something about his show that is so. There's this chaos to it that like it's like it's so you know the like because he's doing record with Travis at the same time. It got kind of maybe lumped into that Machine Gun Kelly world, but like that fool is so punk rock. Like and he's such a sweet person. Like that that's like. It's it's kind of our dream tour on like many levels, not even just so much that we think his music's cool and, and that it would be cool for us, you know, to go open a tour like that. But like he was just one of the most genuine artists we've met and had a had the like pleasure of just like being invited to play with and like so that's what we really enjoy when we're on tour and we get to play with other artists is just people who are sweet and genuine. And so talk about that with Kenny but all the time because it's true um and he is really cool and I'm so excited to see what he what he does with his career too the nuts are coming back there in my oh my gosh the attack uh, of the nuts concern of the nut uh, <laughs> Brian's dying right now uh, that was, sorry that was uh, uh, yeah. it was a nutty if Kenny, you Kenny go but rocks when we saw him for he did those holiday shows and we saw him in Chicago and he played some new like a few new songs that he was doing it, it gave me like this like throwback to like indie sleaze like alt pop rock vibes and I was like this is so good 
Like, I'll say they're like, yo, this is a bop. Like, this can be on, like, a mainstream, like, radio because it just flowed so well. But it was, he still had the same energy that he had for every other song yeah. that he played. I'm like, this kid is fantastic. Every time um, I'm at work, I'm like, hey, guys, have you listened to Kenny Fupla, our Lord and Savior? Right. Have you considered, not our genre for any of our radios, if you're like, have you considered just playing him as a treat <laughs> for me? <laughs> I mean, I I think that's the thing too. Is like I was living in LA when his two singles were playing all the time on um, K Rock, and I mean they put him in rotation. He was in rotation oh, yeah. as much as you know any of the other artists. And like the way Kenny Hoopa songs sound on the radio is something really cool. Like it reminds me of when I was you know like in 2003 when I was just like a preteen and like I'd hear Blink on the radio for the first time. And like there's just this automatic not a cheap nostalgia but like this really cool like i just i feel like it's summertime and school's out and there's a punk rock song on the radio and that's like what i think of when i when i think of kenny Gupa and like him being being big and a sonic artist like i think it's just gonna be yeah it's gonna be neat to watch watch his career specifically um and but um manifesting i guess right that's why we're here <laughs> yeah we're manifesting like the crystal girlies we are always manifesting <laughs> I mean twitter does its thing you know sometimes Will you guys... we yeah yeah sometimes you know i don't really like it i don't like twitter i am i'm trying to disassociate from twitter as much as possible i really care maybe i'm not supposed to say that with our publicist eventually watching but i don't really care um it's my least favorite of all of them i think I think that is very oh, fair. Arnold on Snapchat, maybe. Yeah. Now, now I got the Snapchat. Get on the Snap train. Get on the get on the little stories that are like here's like this completely outrageous story that you're gonna watch with a bunch of ads in between. <laughs> but that's how you're gonna find it out now. Yeah. Because MTV News is gone. So how else do you find out about music? <laughs> to come back. We might have lost him. Oh no. Give it a minute. For one, believe firmly that anyone who is there we go. There we go. You're back. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, second, I'm missing you from the the stream. Do a little refresh here. Everyone, hold on. Don't 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 go nowhere. Guys, You're don't out there. don't leave. Got to do a little refresh. You know what I'm saying with that refresh button. Young refresh. Maybe actually, it's not. I'm back. All right, we got other ways. We got ways. Ah, there. You go. Yeah. Here we go. Hey guys. Back in business. We're back. The business is businessing, or whatever they say on the internet. Business, business, not the business businessing. <laughs> business to the business. Not the business businessing again. <laughs> uh, I was going to agree with you on Twitter because I think that, like, just I mean, obviously, the 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 elephant in the room is that Elon Musk took over it, and now it it fucking sucks. So, like, um, that is what it is. Like, it's gonna suck now. A person who doesn't know how to run shit just, took over it. <laughs> I think it's just an easy place for people to be really mean. Nah. I think it's it, it seems like it's the meanest place. Mm-hmm. It's the place where people can go to be the meanest and to feel like they're getting they're gratified from it. I don't mean to get all negative, but like I sometimes I go on there and I'm just like, dude, people need to seriously go touch grass. Like literally go talk to somebody. Like go for a walk. Go pet a dog. Like go actually like while you're doing that find a therapist he's like, it's <laughs> like seek help I swear. like literally get out so i don't really like to go on there because it's just like it's just 
and uh, you know that's on every every social media site i guess to some capacity but something about twitter it just seems like there's more of a sting to it uh, and more intent to be that way um so that's my thoughts on it and i i wouldn't mind if it just <laughs> if it just <laughs> I, I definitely think that it's, I don't think it's negative to say that you don't want to be part of a negative experience on a website for sure. Cause it is just overall, it, it, it promotes and it benefits from negativity from people that you have no idea who they are or why they're saying the thing they're saying. So you're just seeing like, you're like, I really care about this thing that I'm creating. And I really care about people in my community who care about the same things as I do share the values that I do. Why am I seeing this random person say the most unhinged thing about trans people for no fucking reason? And it's like, yeah. I just, I just really wanted to share in the joys of my life, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're, I mean, I'm in anti-Twitter. Yeah. Quite everything's fine. It doesn't matter all that much. I have to use it for work. No. Terrible. No, Lizzie's lying. Lizzie is, I have Lizzie to use it for work. No. No. No, Lizzie's making up an excuse. I had to put out a, a tweet so I could try to get sources for a story I'm working on, and I was, and it it got with me what I needed to get. Yeah. So there's that. So no. it filled it filled your inbox with negativity <laughs> about of the the negativity of Malort. <laughs> That's specific to you. Mm -hmm. That's regional. Okay. That's right. No, yeah, we're doing a a news story for my main work about Malort and its ninetieth year. And that's my job, and it's fun sometimes. Ninety <laughs> years of Malort. Yeah. Yeah. It tastes like it's ninety years old. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, speaking of Malort, um, June sixteenth, we're playing at Beat Kitchen. What the heck are you guys doing? Oh my god! I'll be there. Yeah, I'll probably be there. I mean, if you don't have anything else, if Nickelback or Creed aren't in town that night, and you want to come, they might. Damn, Nickelback and Creed. They living a small. I'm gonna be real. They might be. Nickelback might be playing that night, but I'll have to double check. <laughs> well, well, you're going to you're going to Wisconsin for that one. No, I'm going to Tinley. Or, oh, you're going to Tinley. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I there. Look, I gotta check my dates. I gotta check my calendar. So nothing's, right, so like, nothing's written in book. You know, it's I I have my my. Listen, write it. I can write. It there's down. two of us for a reason in this podcast because we can split up. That's true. <laughs> one of us will be there. The obligatory emo social will be there. Um, oh, we're, we're, we are almost at an hour. So I do want to give you that chance to, uh, yeah. obviously that's, that's promoting directly to Lizzie and I, uh, if you have any other shows that anyone else around the country can go to, uh, and obviously where they can check out the single when it drops, it's already out when they, when they're hearing this as the pod. So where can yeah. they check it out now? Uh, on release. But for the beads and nowhere, just go, um, add yourself on our Instagram, you know? Like this week, got a bunch of teasers on there. Um, but it will be out tonight, 9 p.m. Uh, Pacific time. And uh, yeah, we got on tour dates. We're just going to continue to be announced. Um, we got some dates with Dwayne um, in Colorado and Utah. We got some dates with Brick and Mortar and Pollyanna on the West Coast starting at the end of this month. And we come from the Midwest with this band called Thick. They're a really cool, like, skate punk band. Um, Really stoked about that. We do Milwaukee and uh, Minneapolis for the first time, Chicago, and a bunch of other dates that are gonna get announced real soon. I wish I could say all of them, but um, yeah. So we'll we will definitely be around. You know, you can find us on all the appropriate the internet places, 
and um, you know whoever's watching, please come to see it. <laughs> you did go to the show when you came here, so we know the show is good, and yeah. we'll also recommend it. <laughs> Doors. Yeah, you did it. I remember it was really nice to see. You. Yeah, you guys hear me? Yes, yeah. we hear you. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, it was really nice seeing you. I do remember that. Yeah, yeah, that was a cool spot. Well, uh. We'll, we'll go ahead and we'll we'll, cool, guys. we'll wrap the interview there. Is there. Anything else you want to say? No, just, you know, we want everyone to still check out Crooked Teeth. We're glad that, yeah, like, cool. we got to have you back on and chat again. And obviously, uh, to you. Yeah, things, things have been going well for you. So we, we're glad that, like, uh, you know, you got, I'm going to call it the emo social club bump. And then, like, you just, like, bumped it up post-COVID. And now look, look at you. Look at Crooked Teeth now, you know, from that emo social bump. I know. I can't wait till next Next time we do another bump, yeah. Um, if I claim we do another bump, it will be uh, it's gonna be real special. Yes, so. the double bump, only lateral bump, <laughs> only lateral bump. Listen, we we had Loveless on literally like a month before he went viral, and it's uh. So listen, the bump, there's gotta be something there. There's gotta be something there. <laughs> Whatever Julian has done, we made him. <laughs> uh. Well, Tyson, thank you again for uh, for being on with us tonight. Uh, and yeah, always, always a good time with you. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. See you next month in Chicago, baby. Hell yeah. Let's go. Unless you go see Nickelback. Maybe. In yeah. which case, FaceTime me. <laughs> FaceTime me in the middle of my... There is a Okay, take it. Later, man. Thank you for checking out this episode of the Emo Social Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed consuming it. Yeah, make sure to the five stars. Five stars for us, five stars for Crooked Teeth, five stars for everybody. For society. Five stars for society. We will be back next week with another episode of the podcast. If you want to check it out live, we are recording them Thursday nights over on Twitch at emosocialclub.tv. So come and join us, talk to us, be a friend, be a pal, be a companion. Be a bestie. Yeah, consume it in, consume it live in front of us. Anyway, tweet the whole thing. From all of us here at Emo Social Club, I'm Brian. And I'm Lizzie. Bye. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, if you'd like to give us five stars for a, for a meal, a job well done, a content consumption well consumed... <laughs> Delete this part too. Just delete yeah, all of I'm, everything I'm, I'm saying. That. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually not deleting it. I'm putting it in harder. <laughs> oh, actually, I'm gonna put it at the end. <laughs> uh, 